1: Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy, and anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free.
2: Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. Former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Femi Amebe on VCN, the Sports Betting
3: Network. Welcome back. This is hour number two of the Lombardi line, presented by BetMGM. Femi Abfe, Michael Lombardi, hanging out here on a Saturday morning. Thank you to our two guests. We had an hour number one, Carl Jick, Jack Johnson, and Jonathan von Tobel, V-SAN, Senior NBA analyst, host of the Hardwood Handicappers Podcast, coming up in 30 minutes it's our buddy thomas gable racing sportsbook director over at the borgata in atlantic city but while we have some time right now we wanted to kick off our number two going back to the nfl and michael it's interesting because we have these two teams in the nba and nhl really cool experience here they both won their titles first titles in franchise history the vegas golden knights in the nhl and then the denver nuggets in the nba in fact vegas's parade is coming up later this evening on the strip well michael we wanted to ask the question about which of the twelve teams in the NFL that has not won a Super Bowl might win a Super Bowl this year. DraftKings put the market out there. First time Super Bowl winner, plus one ninety on the yes. The no is minus two fifty. The favorites, of course, who was we'll start with there, the Bills and the Bengals, eight to one and nine to one respectively. Do either of those teams attract you for this market here to be a first time Super Bowl winner?
4: Well, I mean, I think you gotta look at the Bears, right? I mean I mean, excuse me, the Bills. Uh because Look, they were 13 seconds away from getting there, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, I think that, and I, and, and look, they have Josh Allen, and then the Bengals have Joe Burrow, and you know, they've been to two Super Bowls. I, ironically, both against the 49ers. One game they, you know, they they got beat badly. In the second game, a John Taylor touchdown with the final seconds of the game, you know, beat them, or else they're going to win that. So. I think those are two excellent plays, and I think certainly that with the odds at 8-1 to one and 9-1, to one, they seem really attractive. It just really depends on what team do you like better. I worry about Cincy's defense. They're going to be in a little bit of a transitionary state. Cincy typically starts slow the last two seasons, five and four to come out of the gate. Buffalo, there's a lot going on in that building right now, but mm-hmm. they certainly have the criteria to meet a Super Bowl champion.
3: Well, yeah, both teams have the criteria they have the quarterbacks and they, they presumably have the head coaches as well but like you said that there's a couple of things that you can poke holes with with both of these teams let's go down to the championship contenders category because we have the categories super bowl favorites championship contenders middle of the pack and then the cellar dwellers who don't have good chances to go ahead and do this thing but of the contenders that we have this the tier below cincy and buffalo it's the detroit lions it's the jacksonville jaguars it's the cleveland browns and the los angeles chargers of those four teams which one would you like the most?
4: I think the most, and this is going to shock people, but I think the most complete team is are, they, are the Cleveland Browns. I mean, assuming, and this is a big assumption, right, mm-hmm. that Deshaun Watson returns to the Deshaun Watson that was a really good player in Houston. It also assumes that they will not go for it on fourth and one from their own 25-yard <laughs> line and allow the other team to beat them. I mean, that's a huge assumption right Femi I mean you know the game management by Kevin Stefanski. I mean Stefanski's in that really that that thin layer zone you know if his team moves and makes the playoffs he'll keep his job if he doesn't I don't see how he keeps his job so but they have the ingredients they have they have a quarterback who has played well in the past they have a great running game they have a defense that can rush the passer they've got a great kicker a young kicker but he's got ability You know, they play in a division where it's going to be hard, but it will will make them physically tough. So, you know, for me, I think they have it. Detroit, I don't know how good they're going to be on defense, right? Mm -hmm. Jacksonville, I think, is too young. I think Jacksonville's got got to get a little bit better before they get there. I know the Browns didn't make the playoffs last year, but they should have. I mean, the fact that they lost more games than the Steelers with the two teams, the way they're lined up, isn't exactly encouraging. And then I don't know about the Chargers. I don't like the Chargers defensively. But we'll see. They're getting a lot of guys back. They only signed Eric Kendrickson free agency. They're going to get a lot of guys back that were not healthy last year.
3: You know, I want to focus on Detroit because there's a lot of excitement about this team. Everybody loves Dan Campbell and what he's brought to that organization. And they took kind of a step forward last year, especially in the second half of the season, only losing one game. And they pushed the, 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 the NFC wildcard teams to the brink. They're almost stealing a wildcard spot just a year ago. They're sitting at 18 to 1 to win the Super Bowl, a win total of nine and a half. And all the discussion that we've had is how the NFC is wide open outside of Philly and maybe San Fran as well, as, as long as the quarterback situation works itself out. Like Detroit with the defense, do you think that they can overcome that defense, given the fact that that division and the conference as a whole seems like it's pretty wide open outside of a handful of teams?
4: I think as we, if we learned anything about championship teams, at some point you have to stop people. And at some point defense has to carry you. I think the Nuggets are a great example of that, right? So the Nuggets were able to get stops when they needed it, when they won, couldn't make a three-point shot, and they won game four, They won game five because of their defense, because of their ability to get stops. I just think to me, you know, we talk all this talk about offensive football and about the greatness of, of what offensive football brings, and the Lions certainly have all the ingredients to be a great offense, starting with their offensive line. But I think at some point you've got to be able to control the game with your defense, and I'm not sure they're there yet.
3: Yeah, no. The defensively, maybe they get a step up with Aiden Hutchinson. He takes a mother mad step forward. He can be a really good player. But I think up the middle, like that. I, I go back to that Carolina game oftentimes. We've talked about that game quite a bit over this offseason. I mean, they give up 340 rushing yards. like that, Those are college football numbers that they were giving up there, and yeah. they just kind of got physically beat up, and that was a game that ultimately cost them the playoff spot. Had they ran the table, they would have been able to get into the postseason over a Seattle as the seventh seed there in the NFC. The Chargers, though – a lot of people, of course, with the quarterback being Justin Herbert, a lot to love there. Offensively, they replaced Joe Lombardi now with Kellen Moore. People are excited about Kellen Moore. Now the offense can now throw the ball down the field is what everyone's saying. Quentin Johnston, the wide receiver that they drafted out of TCU. There's a lot of excitement about LA, but your focus more so defensively. But I think the thing with the Chargers, Michael, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that health is probably the biggest thing with this team because they just haven't been healthy. Herbert was hurt last year. Slater was hurt. Bosa was hurt. I mean, like this, they seem like those key guys that they need to be that team that they want to be, we're all missing time a season to go, where if they stay healthy, maybe they can challenge Kansas City and the AFC West. Well,
4: I, I think they have to stay healthy. That's one. But two, they have to be able to get control of the game, offensively and defensively. I mean, they finished 30th in the league last year in yards per attempt rushing. They were 28th in attempts against uh, rushing attempts. So they don't like to run the ball. And when they do, they can't get rushes. And then defensively, they were the worst team in the national football league in terms of allowing yards per attempt. They can't stop a running game. They just can't. And you say, well, you know, they're built to stop a defense. Okay. They were 20th in the league in yards per attempt against the pass. So, for me, the, all my concerns, yes, they can get healthy if they get Bosa back, but they've got to be able to control and become more physical. They're very similar to Buffalo in the sense that are they going to be physical enough when they need to be physical enough? Can they do that? And I'm not sure they can. Yeah. And then you flavor in the inability of their coach to, to do things that doesn't make any sense in terms of going for it and kind of throwing B in the analytics. Look, I'm all in favor of analytics but when you when you do something like Stefanski and Staley do, which really has no upside, when you go for it at fourth and one at your own 25 in the first quarter, all you're guaranteed to do is get four more downs. Does that is that worth the risk of giving up three points? I don't think so. So call me old-fashioned. I really don't care. To me, that's not old-fashioned. That's just not logical.
3: Right now the Chargers are plus 325 doing the AFC West. The Kansas City Chiefs, the odds-on favorite at minus 160, and I'm not going to be the one that disrespects Kansas City after last year. I mean, that team was really good. It was supposed to be a rebuilding or reshuffling year for the Chiefs, and oh, by the way, they just went ahead and won the Super Bowl. Well, we have the teams in the middle of the pack here, Michael. Now, these are teams that are longer shots. Maybe on the surface doesn't look like they have any chance to win the Super Bowl, but we know the NFL, it's a league of parity, crazy things have happened. Here are the four teams in the middle of the pack that have not won a Super Bowl and their odds. The Minnesota Vikings at 50-1, to the Atlanta Falcons, the Tennessee Titans, and the Carolina Panthers at 80 to one. Can I interest you in just maybe a little bit of a, you know, a little pizza bet on one of those teams to perhaps shock the world? Uh, yeah,
4: I don't think you could. I, don't, I mean, I'm sure you probably like the Falcons. They got <laughs> oh, great no, no, players, no. but I, I mean, I, I don't see how they can. I mean, look, the, I think the Panthers in two years from now could be,
3: uh-huh.
4: you know, but I can't see any of these. T- I mean, Minnesota isn't a rebuild or a remodel, whatever you want to call it there. You know, they're, going to, they're trying to get their cap in order. Atlanta has to prove they have a quarterback. Now, if Ritter plays well in this defense, can stay healthy with all their over-30-year-old guys in the defensive front, maybe they can. And then Tennessee, again, is in a rebuild. Carolina is in a rework. So they're trying to rework their team. And as the young quarterback gets healthy, I think they'll certainly become a good team. But I can't see them being in the middle of the pack, closing it out.
3: Atlanta is the team that has confused me the most this offseason. And I am not a buyer. In the atlanta falcons i know there's a lot of people out there that are buying i'm struggling to see what they're seeing to be quite honest i just like i i i'll, I'll give them this they've made improvements this offseason but this is coming from probably being the worst roster just a season ago i mean like they, like they were not good and desmond ritter we still don't know what we're gonna get from him he's played four games I don't I don't know what to make of the Atlanta Falcons like yeah they have some good skill guys Bijan John Robinson he's probably going to be awesome you know Drake London Kyle Pitts if they can stay healthy they have some weapons there but if the quarterback isn't good and and they're not good up front in the trenches on both sides of the ball I don't know what we're doing here
4: yeah I, I agree I mean I, I think to me I, I don't know how look they have I mean Cordell Patterson's a guy that needs the ball Bijan Robinson needs the ball right So, like, how many guys are you going to have at backfield? I mean, Algier needed the ball. He gained 1,000 yards last year. So, like, how is this all going to work? I think it's going to be an interesting summer to see. And at some point, championship Super Bowl winning teams can do something that you have to be able to do to win a title. You have to be able to throw the ball when the other team knows you can throw it. You have to be able to run the ball when the other team knows you have to run it. And you have to stop the team from passing when they know they have to pass it and stop the team from running when they know they have to run it. I don't think Atlanta meets
3: that criteria, Femi. Yeah, I don't think they meet any of the, the, the requirements to go ahead and be a team that contends there. Michael, we got about 40 seconds left. Now that we've gone through the exercise, the prop at DraftKings, first-time Super Bowl winner, yes, plus 190, no, minus 250. Where would you put your money?
4: Uh, boy, that's a hard one there. Plus, give me that one again, Femi. Let me see that one again.
3: The yes is plus oh, one, oh, yeah? the, the yes is plus 190, and the no is minus 250. Uh, I'll probably go with the yes. Ooh, so you get, bu- you get a little Cincy and Buffalo combo. All right. Yeah,
4: I think so. I like it. I mean, I think Cincy's primed for it. I mean, they've been knocking on the door. You got to knock on the door before you get through the door.
3: Yeah, Cincy. I mean, they back-to-back AFC title game appearances. They went to the Super Bowl just a year ago. On the other side, let's talk some wide receiver props and see which receivers might be able to go over their yardage props this upcoming season. This is the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM.
0: 6 p.m. Book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com
2: slash with Amex. Terms apply. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledana, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Party line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Faye, on V-San, the Sports Betting Network.
3: It is time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM has all of your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Welcome back. This is the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. Femi of Fay, Michael Lombardi, hanging out here on this Saturday morning. It's Father's Day weekend. Hope everyone is able to have a fun and safe weekend. Coming up tomorrow, there obviously the summertime. Everybody's kids are out of school. Summers, the, the vibes are good, Mike. I'm sure the vibes are very good out there on the boardwalk in uh, in Ocean City, buddy.
4: Yeah, they're great. I mean, this is the perfect time to be here. You know, nice day, beach day. You know, once the water warms up a little bit, you know, you can uh, you can really enjoy it. People out riding their bikes, uh, having breakfast outside on the on the uh, on the boardwalk. So it's a great time, Femi. Yeah, are
3: you a big brunch guy? They have a lot of brunch spots out there mm. in Ocean City.
4: Ocean City is a huge breakfast town. I okay. mean, it's the ride your bike, go get breakfast. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of, because there's no alcohol in the town, it's not, a. it's more of a takeout dinner t- crowd, mm. because even though this is a dry town, it's the wettest dry town in America, because <laughs> there is a lot of liquor in the town. <laughs> However, that being said, it's all takeout, mostly all takeout. and but breakfast and luncheonettes are big on the town. People ride their bike up on the boardwalk. You can ride your bike till 12 o'clock on the boardwalk. And then, you know, you go have breakfast, look at the ocean and kind of enjoy it. So it's great, play a little putt-putt golf, who, you know, it's, it's really, as the great Bill Parcells would say, it take a lot of that to kill you.
3: So if I wanted to with my brunch, I couldn't get a mimosa or something like that or a Bloody Mary, I just, no, oh, well. Oh.
4: You couldn't even ask for it. Now you can get a Bloody Mary <laughs> without any, any Mary in it at all.
3: You know, you just get a lot of, <laughs> of tomato juice. It's good to know. When I make my trip out there, I'll make sure to to, to, to BYOB and bring my own goods. (laughs) You can't
4: even do that, Femi. They're not even allowed to do that. They'll they'll they'll, shake me down. You can't do that. They'll shake you down. You cannot bring it in there. No, we're, but like tonight, we're we're going to the Ocean City Yacht Club, which is a private club. Uh And they're having bourbon night. And so, as I said, it's the wettest, driest town in America because they're going to have, if you have a private club, you can drink alcohol on the island. So as you enter the island, it's fascinating. So there's liquor stores that posted at every bridge to enter the island because either you get it then or you're not getting it.
3: Wow. All right. Well, that's good to know as somebody who's never been to Ocean City. Now I'll I'll be prepared when I make my trip out there. I'll have to just stop short of the bridge and we'll we'll get our activities done then. Uh, Michael, let's get into the receiving yards props here because we want to talk about some of the props that are available, season-long props at our friends over at DraftKings. And like we did in the last segment, we've kind of broken these down into four different categories of pass catchers. So the first category we have are the all pro guys. The next one are the new faces in new places. Then we have the tight ends and then the second year studs, the guys who are looking to take another step forward after productive rookie seasons. We'll start with the all pros. Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill, 1,300 and a half yards is where their props are set at. Justin Jefferson, the reigning offensive player of the year, 1,350 and a half receiving yards do you like any of those guys to go over which one do you think is most likely to hit their over on the yardage prop
4: well i i think with dalvin cook leaving minnesota and if minnesota gets behind in a game i think jefferson can increase his number i also think that because of the miami offense they finished 31 in rushing attempts last year and the mandate is to get the ball to Tyreek Hill into Waddle, which isn't a bad mandate at all. I think that where Devontae Adams is not because he's not going to be hugely involved in the offense is because they do run the ball in Las Vegas and they have Josh Jacobs to run the ball. So my, my instincts would be Jefferson, one, and Tyreek Hill, one A, and then two would be Adams.
3: Yeah, I, it's it's kind of lame because Jefferson won Offensive Player of the Year and he's like the favorite in all these markets. But I think it'd be Jefferson for me too because I think Minnesota's going to be trailing in a lot of these games and and some of those kind of garbage stats that people talk about. He's going to get a lot of targets. They're going to be throwing him the football. He's their best player on the team. I like, I think it's Jefferson just because of the game state that Minnesota's likely to be in with this kind of reshuffling of the decks that they're doing over there in the Twin Cities. How about the new places guys? So we have D J Moore, Darren Waller. Alan Lazard, uh-huh. Adam Phelan, and Odell Beckham Jr. So Moore's at 800-and-a-half. Waller's at 700-and-a-half. Lazard, 675-and-a-half yards. Thielen 600-and-a-half. And then OBJ, 575-and-a-half, which is most likely to go over.
4: I think Lazard at 675. I think he's got a relationship with the quarterback. But let's go through it. I mean, DJ Moore is to go over 800. Your guy, the MVP that you hold in your pocket, <laughs> Mr. Justin Fields, who – apparently played well in the last five games of the season, according to his QBR, even though he threw for 24 attempts for 153 yards. I didn't know that was good, but anyway, nonetheless, you know, I think they're going to have a hard time passing the ball in Chicago. Waller. It's fascinating, right? So last summer when my sons came home, my oldest son, who's the offensive coordinator of the Raiders. I mean, all he told me about was the incredible athleticism, the incredible talent of Waller, which it's true. Mm -hmm. And, I read the New York papers daily here in New Jersey and they're saying the same thing. But Mm -hmm. what we do know about Waller is sometimes that athleticism and that elite skill doesn't always manifest itself into a game of physicality and contact. So I would shy away from him, even though he has all the skills to be able to demonstrate that. And this is another coaching staff that sees all those skills. Now we'll find out if it happens on the field, you know, to me, Thielen. Isn't going to be an explosive player, and I just don't see Beckham. Although his number at five seventy five seems awful low, Mm -hmm. he would be my number two play because if he's healthy and Lamar is throwing the ball more, then Beckham's got to have a big season.
3: Yeah, I think Beckham. The health is why it's at five seventy five and a half. I feel like otherwise that's pretty low for a guy that I mean he's not the player that we saw in twenty fourteen to twenty sixteen. But I think he can go over 575 and a half. I mean, that's like, those are like wide receiver three numbers or wide receiver four type of numbers there. And if Lamar, like you said, like he's a really good quarterback, he should be able to get him the football. If both guys can stay healthy. But it, it might be light year season here, Michael. I, I know you make fun of uh, to, to infinity and beyond, but DJ Moore, 800 and a half, man. We're going, yeah. over, we're going over that, buddy. We're going over that. Of I'm course sure, you are. You I'm sure, you I'm sure you've seen it. correlation <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's, it's a correlation bet. I'm sure you've seen the tweets out there. They've been tagging me and them all throughout this week. I'm sure you've been tagged in them as well. But Justin Fields is reportedly, quote, miles ahead of where he was last year yeah, at the conclusion of, of minicamp. Yeah. <laughs> How about that? Well, there's no doubt. Here's another nugget. Miles
4: ahead. Here's miles a- until we
3: sleep. Isn't that a Robert <laughs> Frost poem? <laughs> Here's another one. One NFL scout recently said that he would be, quote, shocked if Fields isn't an MVP candidate. Huh? Can you chew on that one for a little bit?
4: Well, I mean, just because you have title scout doesn't mean you're a good scout. There's good scouts and bad scouts, remember? (laughs) You know? I mean, there was also people saying Trey Lance was going to win the MVP, you know, and most of those people were studying earthquakes around the country.
2: Oh, (laughs)
3: There you go, taking a shot once again. Here's another one. Many NFL scouts reportedly believe Fields has a chance to statistically, quote, surpass Trevor Lawrence this season. So there's a lot of optimism for my guy in the Windy City, man. There's a lot lot going on.
4: I don't see it. I have no idea. I mean, I don't understand how it is. People just don't watch the same tape I watch. You guys are watching a different game. Well, I mean, the guy averaged 22 passing attempts last year. He was sacked 90. Sack 90, I mean, I don't want to go through it all. I'm having a nice Saturday afternoon. It's perfect morning, even though we're having technical difficulties. I'm at peace. So, Why do you want to get this started, Sammy? I mean, this is really not in your favor. You know, you're only going to get it going and then, He's just not – I mean, look, we'll see if it happens. We'll, we'll leave yeah. it at
3: that. Yeah, we'll leave it at that. I mean, Like I always say to end of the conversation, the games will be played in the fall, and I can't wait for them to be played. Uh, the, the tight ends, here's the group of the tight ends. Travis Kelsey, 1150-and-a-half. And Mark Andrews, 875-and-a-half. And George Kittle, 725-and-a-half. Kyle Pitts, 700-and-a-half, which is most likely to go over their number.
4: Well, I, I think it's going to be Kyle Pitts, you know, because Kyle Pitts should get the ball. He's not a tight end. He's a receiver you know, and so he's going to have to get the ball. The problem is you're, you're banking on Ritter to get him the football. Kittle at 725 doesn't seem like too hard of a play. You know, I would think that. And again, you know, if you go back to Mark Andrews and the and the Ravens offense, he's got to get the football and he's got to be able to make plays. So I think I would go Pitts, Kittle, and then I would go Andrews and Kelsey. I mean, 1,150 yards is a lot for a guy, even though he's another big receiver.
3: Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Kyle Pitts, I mean, if he can stay healthy, he should be able to go over that yardage. I don't know why he doesn't have more touchdowns, to be honest. Like that big body kind of wide receiver there, use him in the red zone. I think he caught one touchdown last year. It's been very shocking, the the, the 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 lack of touchdowns so far two years into his career. Last one here, the group, the second year studs, Garrett Wilson, 1150 and a half. Chris Olave, 1,000 and a half. Drake London, 825 and a half. Christian Watson, 750 and a half. And then Traylon Burks, 725 and a half here. We got about 30 seconds.
4: I would take Christian Watson because I think if Jordan Love's going to have a good season, Watson's going to have one as well. And I would go over that. Although Garrett Wilson, I think with Rodgers there, can be a huge play guy. Olave with Carr, I don't know, but I, I like I like Watson. There's no way I would play Burks.
3: Garrett Wilson, I think he's going to start putting his name into top 10 maybe even top five wide receiver in the league after the season I know him and Rodgers are kind of working the chemistry out and everything he was awesome last year with the quarterback shenanigans they had going on now you put Rodgers in that offense he could have a monster year the reigning offensive rookie of the year all right on the other side we'll get to some of the other news and notes from around the NFL here on the Lombardi line
2: This is the Lombardi line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Timmy Abebay on VCN, the Sports Betting
3: Network. Become a VSN Pro subscriber today and get a daily email recapping all the best bets from our show hosts and guests. You'll also get unlimited access to our VSN.com/slash picks page. Sort picks by sport matchup event date and more. Check the top Vison experts leaderboard to view betting records, profit and ROI and see which Vison expert has the hot hand. For Vison Pro picks, betting splits, power ratings, plus 24/7 video access, become a Vison Pro subscriber today. Sign up now for only 9.99 at slash subscribe Welcome back. This is the Lombardi Line and it's presented by BetMGM. Michael Lombardi out in New Jersey. Femi and Femi hanging out here in Las Vegas and Michael, we wanted to continue with some of the NFL news and notes from around the league with our little game of news or noise. This is one of our fun games that our producer, Elliot Bowman, has put together for us. And we talked earlier in the first segment or so about Hopkins and Sean McDermott and the Buffalo Bills situation with Stephon Diggs. But let's turn our attention to the situation in the Meadowlands, New York. The Giants are dealing with the contract negotiations with their running back, Saquon Barkley. And the the news isn't that he's in his contract dispute with the Giants. I think the news is, or maybe it's the noise, Michael, is that Barkley is hinting at not necessarily ruling out sitting out the 2023 season to get his money. Is this news or noise? Do you think that Saquon would actually sit out and miss some games?
4: No, I don't. I really don't. I don't see, you know, it doesn't really benefit him to do that, you know, and June is the time for everybody to make these proclamations. Now, do I think he'll come in at training camp? No. I think he'll miss some of that time, but I think oftentimes what happens here, Femi, is when backs miss uh, miss their off season and, and they're not in condition to handle the rigors of the year, especially a back that has had some injury history to him. It's always a problem. But I don't. I think this is more noise. I think Saquon will come in, and I just think the Giants. Look, the Giants have great respect for Saquon. I mean, they most teams would have would have probably, you know, you know, they certainly would have would have tagged him. But they you know, they didn't pick up the fifth year because of where they were, and they're delighted to be able to tag them now, just like they were delighted to pay Daniel Jones. I mean, they want their draft picks to work out. So I think this is more noise than anything.
3: Do you, you think with these running backs, because we've talked quite a bit about the running back market in the NFL and kind of the shift that teams are making and just not really paying them, and I don't really blame them for doing it. It's a violent position to play, and there's not a whole lot of longevity there. But do you think for a running back in order to get a long-term extension, do they kind of have to force their hand similar to Ezekiel Elliott with the Dallas Cowboys a handful of years ago when he had still two years left on the contract, but he said, Hey, I'm not showing up until you give me a long-term extension. Is that the path that running backs going to have to take now?
4: I don't think that's even going to work for I mean, first of all, it's a really an economic issue, right? So Mm it's, it's about supply and demand. You know, how many backs are available? What's the demand? And, when the supply is higher than the demand, the value goes down. It's simple economics. I mean, you don't have to be John Nash, a mathematician, to figure this out, right? Mm-hmm. So that's what it is. And you could sit out and you can complain and, and fuss and fight all you want. I mean, Joe Mixon is, is sitting there and everybody thinks he may get cut at Cincinnati because of his high cap number. Now, they've held on to him probably to get through this year. And, but after that, we'll see. The market dictates this number, not teams. The market dictates it. This isn't some arbitrary number of the, the owners have said, look, we need to really cut back on running back spending. No, this is based on the market. Miles Sanders became a free agent. He made $6.1 million. David Montgomery became a free agent. He made $6 million a year on average, right? And, you know, we see tomorrow's going to make eleven. McCaffrey's the outlier, okay? He got paid a huge deal probably shouldn't have gotten that huge of a deal based on his injury history when they gave him that contract. But I think teams just don't want to. I see some players as a weapon, but I think at the end of the day, if you average under seven yards a catch, like Saquon Barkley has averaged, uh, you know, it's hard to pay just a runner. You need a guy to be explosive in the passing game, like Tony Pollard has been for Dallas. That's what you have to pay. You know, look, you know, Dalvin Cook wants $9 million a year over two years. His agent seems to think he's going to get it. Dalvin Cook at one time averaged 10 yards a catch, and he can make big plays. Go back to the screen pass; he catches against the Dallas, against the New York Giants, you know, or in the game. I forget what game it was. No, it was the the Colts game. Yeah. So, I mean, he can do those things, but it's hard to pay for that. And you know, people don't want to pay more than 10 million dollars a year for that, especially considering you have to make choices when it comes time to where are you going to put your assets and. Offensive linemen get that, defensive linemen get that, quarterbacks get that, and receivers get
3: that. Yeah, and it's kind of jarring when you see, because we have the graphic up right now, the recent contracts that running backs have signed. Adrian Peterson back in 2011 signing that seven-year, $96 million contract. Ezekiel Elliott signed six years, $90 million in 2017. Kamara, five, $75 million. Then you had Christian McCaffrey, four years, sixty-four, And it kind of goes on down the line right there. But I think what's more relevant to now is like, the Nick Chubb contract, three years, $36.6 million. That was just signed a couple of years ago. That's kind of going to be the structure, I feel like, going forward here to where it's $10 million. Take it or leave it if you want it. And if you don't want it, I mean, I don't know what the what the, what the option is for some of these running backs here. I guess you're just have to sit yeah. out if that's what you're going to dare do.
4: Yeah, and then you're going to miss game checks. And then the team's going to get credited for the game check that you missed, and they're going to pick up cap room. I mean, the system was built based on, on a way to where, uh, you know, the holdouts weren't really going to be uh, affected. That's why we're mm-hmm. seeing more hold-ins now than we've seen holdouts, mm-hmm. you know, because they don't want to get fined for holding out, so they hold in. They come up with an excuse to hold in and not the services. Does it work? We'll see. But the reality of it is, is you know, Barkley doesn't have a contract, so he can't hold in. Mm-hmm. He, he's going to want to get paid when it comes time to get paid.
3: Yeah, my, my hammy's is feeling a little tight, so I got to sit off to the side here. But I'm here, guys. Don't find me. <laughs> that's 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 the new that's the new way to go about well, you getting your money. rule, you know, and
4: that, that, that's the way you know people look at the text of the of the rules, and that's what they go
3: with. Yeah, there's a loophole in every single rule. I guess you just got to go ahead and find it. Speaking of hold ins, there's a couple quarterbacks who are ex-el- eligible, I should say, for extensions this offseason, Justin Herbert being one of them. And I heard a a beautiful mind reference right there. I know Justin Herbert definitely has a beautiful mind and he has a beautiful throwing arm as well for the Los Angeles Chargers. But here's what Justin Herbert had to say when he was asked about the contract and if he would potentially hold in for Chargers training camp coming up next month.
1: Would you be someone who would consider
3: like a hold-in or anything to make sure a deal gets done? Or is that just completely out of the picture for you? Um, It's something that I really haven't thought a whole lot about. Um, You know, I think the most... Most of the offseason so far has been worried about you know, getting my shoulder right, making sure that I'm the best quarterback that I can be for this team. Um, it's something that you can address. Um, you know, I'm not quite sure. I don't have any more updates for you at this time. But when it comes time to camp, um, you know, the role of the quarterback is to be out there for his team and, and to do everything he can to, to put that team in a position to win. And I understand that responsibility. Um, so it's something that you'll address when the time comes. But uh, I guess we'll see. Mm, that last part there, Michael Lombardi, I guess we'll see. yeah.
4: I mean, I kind of fell for that yesterday, too. But then I, when I went back and watched it, I mean, I don't, this isn't a kid who's going to – he's not going to hold in. I mean, mm-hmm. to me, I, I've, I've said this all along, Femi. I think the reality of it is, is these are not hard contracts to do in terms of what is the average per year. What, what's hard about these contracts really comes down to how much are you willing to guarantee – And how do you want to spread so that we can facilitate the rest of the team? Jalen hurts gave the Eagles a wonderful contract in terms of that. And so that they have cap room for other players. He lowered his cap number. Same thing with Mahomes did. So I think that's ultimately what you're seeing, you know, and I I think you're going to continue to see that and Herbert's going to get his deal. It's going to be come down to distribution of the cash and the guarantee.
3: Mm. Well, this next one, with a quarterback who's on a team, has a contract, a nice contract, for that matter, is Aaron Rodgers. And this is courtesy of Fox Sports' Craig Carton, the host over there. He said, quote, Aaron Rodgers almost wasn't a jet. The New England Patriots made an offer to the Green Bay Packers to get Aaron Rodgers, and when Aaron Rodgers heard it, his agent said, no, we ain't playing for New England. We want to be a jet. Is it news or noise that Rodgers reportedly vetoed a trade to go to New England?
4: that's something I had never heard of. Uh, I I can't imagine he can veto that. I mean, he didn't have the ability to, and Rodgers and Belichick have great respect for one another. Now, Dave Dunn represents Mm Rodgers, and Dave Dunn also represented Drew Bledsoe at one time in that organization. So I don't know what that relationship is or would entail, but to me, this has been about Nathaniel Hackett. I mean, the Jets have been on this since day one, Mm -hmm. and I think they did. This offseason for the Patriots really was more about – who's going to coach and who can get their quarterback to play at the highest level. And I haven't heard that they were kind of going in a direction of looking for another quarterback when in fact, they were trying to get their offensive scheme more in place than they were. So, you know, uh, you know, anything, you can make anything look like an offer. You can make anything look like an interest.
3: Mm-hmm. If
4: you simply call up the Packers and say, what's going on with Rogers, does that mean you're interested? I don't think so
3: everyone's trying to replace mac jones man i, I mean I, I think the the media is everyone's kind of soured on him
4: yeah well i think to me i don't know if the media soured on him i think the media soured on the offensive scheme but this is a huge year for mac jones i mean he's got to show that he what he did as a rookie wasn't a fluke he's got to show that he can handle the the make good decisions with the football and make his teammates better. He's got to use his mind to the fullest advantage because that's where all his skill is, is the ability to play with anticipation, play quickly, play smart.
3: Yeah. Well, we'll see if he can go ahead and do that coming up later on this fall. The Patriots win total set at 7.5. It's one of the lowest in the Belichick era here this upcoming season. All right, we'll wrap up the show on the other side. This is the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM.
2: with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here's your host, Femi on the Sports Betting Network.
3: Bet MGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with Bet MGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at Bet MGM, you can earn Bet MGM Rewards points you can redeem for online bonus credits like bonus bets and bet insurance tokens. Planning a trip to Vegas? You should. You can also convert your BetMGM points into MGM Rewards points that you can use towards dining, shows, and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM Resorts properties located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. Sign up with BetMGM or log on today to get an even bigger piece of the action with BetMGM Rewards. Eligibility restrictions apply. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. New and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as knowledge drawable bonus bets bonus bets expire in seven days from issuance please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLE welcome back this is the Lombardi line final segment of the show presented by bet MGM family of Michael Lombardi here on this Saturday morning and it's a fun weekend of sports before we get into the rest of the weekend let's give out our pro tip here for the day and the pro tip goes back to our conversation with the wide receiver prop overs. And I think one strategy that you could use is target players that are on teams that might be middle of the road or so, like maybe the Minnesota Vikings and Justin Jefferson right now his yardage prop for the season, 1350 and a half. And I think Jefferson as an overplay, I know it's kind of chalky. He went off as a player of the year last year. He's a fantasy football stud and all that stuff, but I think Minnesota is going to struggle this year. It wouldn't shock me if this is a, six seven maybe eight win team or so so i think that they're in the game state that they'll be playing in frequently they will be behind thus they will be throwing the football and as long as jefferson stays healthy that's the big caveat you need him to stay healthy as long as he stays healthy i think he should be able to go over that number because he is just unstoppable and might be the best wide receiver in all of football so that is our pro tip for the day at slash tips target those wide receiver overs for those teams that might not be as good but still have some good players and can put up some of those fantasy stats, or some people like to call them garbage stats, since it's not ultimately gonna affect the outcome of said game. Well, Michael, let's get to some of our news or noise. We have two more items here to hit before we wrap up the show talking a little US Open. And it has to pertain to the Minnesota Vikings, like we mentioned here. And the Vikings and Kirk Cousins are not expected to have any sort of contract extension this off season. So Kirk Cousins entering the final year of his contract, and there's a no-tag clause in said contract, so he's expected to be a free agent next March. Is this news or noise that Kirk Cousins will be in his final season as a Minnesota Viking? I actually
4: think it's noise. I mean, how much more can they continue to pay the guy? I mean, they've kind of gotten in this cap trouble because of the contract they gave him. A fact that I find it hilarious that Cousins doesn't want to be franchised when the franchise is why he's in this incredible position that he's in. He's made a lot of money from being franchised. He has really been the poster child for franchises. So, uh, you know, look, Minnesota needs to get that under control. And if Cousins is willing to take less money, I think they certainly would. But I think there's no doubt it, it, it's it, there's no doubt that, you uh, you know, this isn't really a news item. This is noise because Cousins has to deliver something at some point like a playoff win or a far advancement, or else Minnesota's going to have to look elsewhere and get their cap in order.
3: It looks like they've already kind of been preparing to look elsewhere. The moves that they've made this offseason, uh, the quarterback situation, that they'll have to figure out next off season. They only drafted Jaron Hall out of BYU, but this is the reshuffling of the deck, as the remodel, as we're calling it here. Not necessarily the rebuild, but the remodel. In the twin cities and right now the vikings i mean I hate to say it it kind of seems like they're punting on the 2023 season just on the outside looking in, yeah, i know the players obviously are going to try very hard to go ahead and try to win each and every sunday the last item that we have to get to here michael the las vegas raiders quote seem likely to bring in free agent cornerback marcus peters this according to the athletic is this news or noise with the current state of the raiders cornerback room
4: well, I think it's news because I think certainly they're trying to give themselves a veteran guy at the cornerback position, you know, and I think it's one of the things defensively last year, when you look at their team and you break them down, they were not the most talented team in the league. I know they made the playoffs the year before, but that defense, I mean, there were guys playing, cor- I mean, Nate Hobbs was their best defensive player. So in terms of the secondary, so I think this is news. I think they do need him. I mean, I think they're going to, they signed Brandon face on, from the Indianapolis this offseason. You know, they've got Nate Hobbs. They drafted Bennett in the fourth round. But I do think they need an experienced player. They signed Duke Shelley out of Minnesota. But I think they need an experienced guy in Pac-Ram's scheme, and I think he certainly could fit the bill. He's a guy who's going to create plays. Mm. You know, he'll take chances. He'll also give up some plays because he takes chances. But he understands how to play, and he, under, and, he and he won't back down to the other receivers. He is a true
3: competitor. You no, know, he definitely is a competitor. And I think also he grew up a Raider fan. Correct me if I'm wrong, because I know he's from the yeah. Bay Area. So, like, that would be, I mean, the Raiders obviously now in Las Vegas, but I think that'd be cool to see him play for the team that he uh, grew up uh, rooting for, you know? Yeah, no question. I mean, look,
4: as Al Davis would say, everybody's a Raider fan. <laughs> Everybody. <laughs>
3: <laughs> That's it You know, there are a lot of Raider fans. It is indeed Raider Nation. All right. Uh, before we wrap up the show here, thank you to our two guests that we had on the program, Carl Jig Jack Johnson, sportsbook director at the Beau Rivage, and of course Jonathan Von Tobel, Visa, senior NBA analyst and host of the Hardwood Handicappers podcast. Think we thank those gentlemen for helping make us a better show today. Uh, but Michael, now we have five minutes left. I wanted to get some final thoughts on the U.S. Open. Final round is coming up tomorrow. Third round will be today. Today is supposed to be moving day. We'll see what the movers and shakers are doing. Once again, Ricky Fowler is in the lead, has a one-shot lead at 10 under. Wyndham Clark is at 9 under. Rory McIlroy, Xander Schauffele are close behind, just two back of the lead. They're at 8 under. Harris English, 7 under. Dustin Johnson at 6 under, as well as Minwoo Lee here. But what are you excited to see here in this third round of the U.S. Open?
4: I think the number one thing I'm excited is I want to see Ricky Fowler. You know, I want to see, can he hold up to the pressure? You know, can he meet the challenge that awaits him? Will he have that competitive drive, that ability to make a mistake and not allow it to become three mistakes? You know, I think that's really what I'm looking for. And I wanted to see what guy from the back of the pack, you know, we had Mike Samich on earlier in the week and he loved Dustin Johnson and Dustin Johnson sitting there at perfect position. He's tied for six, he's minus six and he's got the kind of game, same with Scotty Scheffler. I mean, the one thing about this tournament, right? There's a lot of guys with the experience of winning that are not too far out of the leaderboard, and I think they can make a run. So Fowler's competitiveness, his ability to handle the mental toughness element, that's one. Two, Johnson and Scheffler, some of these big names. Which guy makes a move from the back?
3: You know, Scotty Scheffler, and they talk about it on the broadcast, and it goes without saying, we're just from watching him play, but he is the best ball striker in the world right now. He is just unbelievable what he's able to do off the tee, what he's able to do with his irons. Now, the caveat is that, He's been struggling. He's ice cold with the putter. And the fact that he's still able to be this close while not putting it well, if you were to ever get hot with the putter, it's good night. See you later. He's going to win. Now he's struggled with it, and he's done some tinkering with the putter, and he's trying to change up some of the putters and stuff like that. But I-, I think Scheffler is always lurking at a major, and he's somebody that you should be fearful of, and that's reflected in the odds. He is 7-1 to one right now, which was the number that he was prior to the tournament teeing off on Thursday. He went off as the favorite there. I, I have a Who ticket. Are on- Who are you? Who are you
4: Who are you going to bet at the window today before you leave Circa on your way home? Are you going after? Are you going to go Rory McIlroy? Are you going to put no. some money on him? Who
3: are you going to put no. some money on, Ben? Uh, uh, Rory, he's hurt me too many times. He hurt me at the PGA Championship. I mean, the, until he proves that he can finish it out on a Sunday, will I'll stay off of Rory. I have a ticket on Dustin Johnson from before the tournament. I got a little 45 to 1. But I think the guy that actually might win this thing is Cam Smith, who I have a ticket on as well. Right now, he's 4-under, so he's 6-back. But the way that this course was described beforehand, a lot of people said, all right, the fairways are pretty wide, which is beneficial to Cam Smith because he can go wayward off the tee. Maybe it's not going to hurt him as much here as, as long as it's not super windy this weekend. And though also the way the course was described, and this was from Billy Horschel prior to the tournament, he said that this is kind of an Australian-style golf course. Cam Smith from Australia, from down under. This is a course that kind of suits him pretty well, and he is someone who can get red hot with the putter. We saw that last year at the Open Championship at Royal St. Andrews made five straight birdies on the back nine in the final round to go ahead and steal that from Rory McIlroy. I think Cam Smith is going to be heard from before the weekend ends. And that's where I'll put my money. I already have money on it there, but still at 28 to one, I'll go Cam Smith to win the U S open.
4: There you go. I mean, I like it. There you go. And you got a ticket on Dustin Johnson. I mean, I do think somebody, I think this is going to come back to the pack a little bit, right? I think this is going to come back to the pack. But, you know, again, it'll be interesting to see McIlroy as the leader in this and how he handles the the mental – and who at some point makes a mistake and then how do they recover from it. Because what you can't do, right, you can't make, you can't make a bogey become three bogeys. You just mm-hmm. got to let it go.
3: Yeah, and we saw Dustin Johnson do that really well yesterday. He made a quadruple bogey to start his round yesterday and was still able to get to even par by the end of the day. So having that short memory – is what you need at a us open because it's an absolute grind and if the course starts to play a little bit more difficult i think we'll see these guys that are more of the pedigree players start to rise above the rest of those other guys because right now ricky fowler in the lead at 10 under but i think there'll be some shakeup at the top of the leaderboard starting today since it is moving day at the us open at the la country club well michael that does it for us here on this saturday morning man thanks for hanging in with all the tech difficulties unfortunately we didn't get to see Hopefully you but we, get we did
4: here <laughs> We're going to stay here until we do. All right, my man. Thank
3: you. <laughs> all right. That's Michael Lombardi. I'm Femi and Bebefe. for our producer, Elliot Bowman, and the entire crew behind the glass. We wish you all the best of luck. Coming up next, it's The Handle with Dave Ross and Matt Brown here on Visa Sports Betting Network.
2: Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now. I guess (laughs) visit facet.com f-a-c-e-t.com to learn more this ad is sponsored by facet facet wealth is an sec registered investment advisor this is not an offer to buy or sell securities nor is it investment legal or tax advice these testimonials are from current facet members who are not compensated all opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 infinity qx80 live march 20th from the edge at hudson yards in new york city